then here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. This is Hawkeye Recap with Brian Hurley, part of the Hawk Fanatic Network. On this podcast, we will relive past Iowa football and basketball games and players from the past 100 plus years. To find more games and players, visit HawkeyeRecap.com. Iowa's first Big Ten opponent this year is Penn State. So because it's not a long-time Big Ten opponent. I'm going to go through some of the history up through the Hayden Fry era, and then I'll leave the Kirk Ferentz era for another time. Kirk Ferentz is 10-8 and all-time against the Lions, and he also had a very monumental victory in 2000 with a 26-23 overtime win in Beaver Stadium, which was his first road victory as Iowa coach. All-time, Iowa is 14-17 and against the Nittany Lions for a 45% win percentage. So let's take a look at the first game in 1930 all the way up through 1996, which is the last time Hayden Fry faced off with the Lions. The first matchup, November 15, 1930, in Kinnick Stadium. Hawks win 19 to nothing on homecoming. Burton Ingerson is the coach, and 25,000 fans showed up. Iowa took advantage of Penn State turnovers to pull ahead at the end of the game. The first half ended 0-0 after a punting duel. But after halftime, Iowa forced three critical turnovers. George Rogie recovered a muffed punt on the Penn State 10-yard line, setting up a Randall-Hickman one-yard touchdown run. Ed Dolly intercepted a pass early in the fourth quarter, taking it down to the 9-yard line. He intercepted a second pass down at the 17-yard line on the next series, setting up a second touchdown run by Hickman. The Iowa defense halted the Lions' late scoring drive at the 5-yard line to preserve the shutout. Hickman ended with 75 yards on 25 attempts. I've got a daily Iowan article about the game, no video, and I do have some game stats that I posted as well. The next time they played was not until 1971. So they played six times in the 1970s. Iowa was one in five during that time, and there was multiple Iowa coaches. So let's look at the 1971 game. It was September 25th in Kinnick Stadium. Penn State was ranked number 12 coming into the game and defeated the Hawks 14 to 44. Frank Lauterbur was the coach and 44,303 fans were in attendance. Frank Sunderman passed for two touchdowns, one for 25 yards to Tom Kabalka 
and the second to Levi Mitchell for 41 yards, but the defense could not hold off a more powerful Lion rushing attack that wore down the Hawks. Led by running backs Lydell Mitchell and Franco Harris, they rushed for 459 yards on the day. Mitchell rushed for 211 yards in the game, and Harris scored four short touchdowns. After a scoreless first quarter, Penn State scored 23 points in the second quarter to essentially put the game away. And I've got a Daily Iowan article about the game, no video, but I do have full game stats available. The next matchup is September 30th, 1972. This time it's at Beaver Stadium. Iowa goes there to face number 13, Penn State, and they lose 10 to 14. Frank Lauterbur is the coach again. There was 58,065 fans in attendance. The Hawks almost pulled a major upset, but couldn't stop the Lions from scoring twice in the fourth quarter, including the game-winning score with 36 seconds left after converting on a fourth and two on the drive. Harry Kalkulus kicked a 44-yard field goal to start the scoring. Penn State scored a touchdown early in the fourth quarter, but the Hawks bounced back when Kyle Skogman hit Brian Rollins with a touchdown pass with three minutes remaining. It was the largest home crowd at Penn State history with over 58,000 fans crammed into Beaver Stadium. And that sounds funny now that the stadium is over 100,000 capacity. I've got a Daily Island article, and I've got a short video of some highlights from that game. So definitely check that out. No team stats compiled for that one yet. The next matchup was September 29th, 1973, also at Beaver Stadium. This time Penn State was ranked number six, and they beat the Hawks 27 to eight. Frank Lauterbur is still the coach. 59,980 were in attendance. After falling behind 21-0 in the first quarter, the Hawks fought back and outplayed the Lions in the second half to keep the game from getting out of hand. Butch Caldwell replaced starting quarterback Kyle Skogman and completed 9 of 16 passes for 152 yards and a touchdown. He connected with Bill Schultz on two passes for 49 yards and 44 yards to set up a 7-yard touchdown pass to Jim Jensen to avoid the shutout. The defense settled down after the early deficit and ended up recovering two fumbles. Dan LaFleur was Iowa's leading tackler with four solos and six assists. And there's a Daily Iowa article about the game and some full game stats posted. The next matchup was September 27th, 1975 in Kinnick Stadium. Number 12 Penn State came to town and defeated the Hawks 30-10. to Bob Cummings was the coach, and there were 52,780 fans. Iowa hung close with the Lions, but big plays were the difference in the game. Iowa got on the board first with a 50-yard field goal by Nick Quattaro in the first quarter. PSU's first big play was a 75-yard pass to George Barvinchuk, who took the ball to the three-yard line, setting up their first score in the second quarter. Chris Barr matched Iowa's long field goal with a 55-yarder in the third quarter to put Penn State up 17-3, but the Hawks weren't done yet. Iowa quarterback Tom McLaughlin scrambled for a six-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter to cut the deficit to 17-10, but the Lions responded with a long touchdown pass to Rick Mowdy to end Iowa's hopes. And there's a Daily Iowa article, and there's a full game television version of that game, so definitely check that out. No team stats are available as of yet. The next matchup, September 25th, 1976. This is in Beaver Stadium. Iowa goes to face number 11, Penn State, and pulls off a huge upset, 7-6. Bob Cummings is the coach, and there are 61,268 fans. The Hawks got a huge win on the road as they upset number 11, Penn State. 
the Nittany Lions scored a fourth quarter touchdown but failed on a two-point conversion. They had a chance to win the game on a 25-yard field goal with 51 seconds left, but it was wide left. The third missed field goal attempt of the game for the Lions. Iowa scored early on a one-yard Tom Wren touchdown run. Then Larry Coyer's defense held strong the rest of the game. Linebacker Dean Moore led the Hawks with 12 tackles. Iowa quarterback Butch Caldwell led Iowa in rushing with 70 yards and passed for 52 yards. It was Iowa's first non-conference away win since 1965 against Oregon State. And I've got a Daily Island article, also a Hawkeye Nation recap of that. You can watch the entire game. There's a whole video on that. Plus, you'll, you can watch highlights of that game as well. I don't have any team stats posted yet. So that was the lone win in the series since the 1930 game. Then there's a gap, and the next time Iowa plays Penn State is 1983 on September 17th. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. Hi, this is A.J. Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Hayden Fry end up playing the Nittany Lions six times overall. 1983, 1984, where they split those games, and then 93 through 96, winning one of those games and losing the other three for a two and four record. So in 1983, the Hawks take their number 13 ranking to Penn State and win 42 to 34. There were 84,628 in attendance. Iowa defeats the defending national champion, Penn State Nittany Lions, to send them to their first 0-3 start under Paterno. Penn State started the season as a fourth-ranked team in the nation. It was the most points ever scored by a Penn State opponent in Happy Valley, and a Beaver Stadium record for combined yardage as both teams rolled up a devastating 1,089 yards total offense. Iowa racked up 587 yards in total offense, including a school record 345 yards passing by quarterback Chuck Long. Penn State added 492 yards to the offensive display. One of the key plays was a 77-yard bomb from Long to wingback Ronnie Harmon, giving the Hawks a two-touchdown lead with nine minutes to go in the game. There's a Daily Iowa game recap. There's also a full game video available to watch and a highlights. And I've got the full game stats posted as well. The next matchup is September 15, 1984. This is in Kinnick Stadium, number five Iowa versus number 12 Penn State. But the Hawks lose 20 to 17. Still Hayden Fry as the coach, and there's 66,145 in attendance. The Iowa offense struggled, giving up four costly turnovers. After an early 3-0 lead, Penn State sacked Chuck Long and recovered the fumble on the four-yard line. The defense held and forced a field goal to tie the game at 3-3. An interception set up the Lions' second field goal to take a 6-3 lead that they would not give up. A late touchdown before halftime gave the Lions a 13-10 lead at half. A scoreless third quarter was highlighted by good Penn State punting 
and a Tom Nichols 56-yard field goal attempt that bounced off the uprights. After trading touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Robert Smith fumbled after a long punt return. Iowa had the ball with another chance to win, but was stopped going for it on fourth and one on the Lions' 29-yard line with less than two minutes remaining. There's a Daily Iowan article in a trip down memory lane article from Rivals.com, and you can watch the full game video as well, and there are full game stats available. Then there's another gap between when they played each other. The next time is 1993, so this is the first time that Penn State joins the Big Ten Conference, so we start seeing a little more frequency. The games played on September 18th, 1993 at Kinnick Stadium. Penn State comes in ranked number 14th, Iowa is unranked, and the Hawks lose 31 to nothing. Hayden Fry is the coach. There were 70,397 in attendance, and it was a 2.30 kickoff. Penn State's defense caused nine quarterback sacks, accounting for 89 yards of lost yardage, and forced three interceptions to shut out the Hawks at home for the first time since 1977. It was the first time an Iowa team coached by Fry was held scoreless at Kinnick Stadium. It was Penn State's first road conference game since joining the Big Ten Conference. Not much to highlight there, just a pretty good Penn State team against a not-so-great Iowa team. There's a Daily Iowa game article you can watch. There's a full game version and a no-huddle version, and plus a highlight video you can watch of that game if you want to. And I've got the full game stats available. The next matchup, September 17, 1994. This game's at Beaver Stadium. Iowa goes to face number six, Penn State, and this one was ugly. Iowa loses 61-21. to Hayden Fry is the coach. There was 95,834 in attendance, and it's an 11 o'clock kickoff. Penn State scored three touchdowns in a span of two minutes and 13 seconds during the first quarter and put the game away. They ended up with 35 points in the first quarter. In 1983, the Hawks put up the most points against Penn State at home. The Lions returned the favor by posting the most points against a Hayden Fry coached Iowa team. Iowa punter Nick Gallery had a punt blocked which Penn State recovered for a touchdown during the scoring frenzy. Split end Demo Odoms fumbled on the Hawkeyes' next possession, and Penn State tailback Kajana Carter scored on a 41-yard run one play later to make it 28-0. Quarterback Ryan Driscoll connected with Harold Jasper for a 26-yard touchdown before halftime, making the score 45-7 at the break. Against the Penn State reserves, the offense came to life, led by Scott Slutsker with eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown catch from Driscoll. Matt Sherman threw a 26-yard touchdown pass to Odoms in the fourth quarter, but the Lions outscored Iowa in the second half. Penn State finished the year 12-0 with a win over Oregon in the Rose Bowl, but the national championship was awarded to undefeated Nebraska, who had defeated number three Miami in the Orange Bowl. And that's because the Rose Bowl was not part of the Bowl Alliance, and Penn State was forced to go play as winner of the Big Ten Conference. The other thing to note was Iowa went and played Oregon the following week, both teams end up going to the Rose Bowl that year. And on a personal note, I was at that game as a player, and that was one of the most brutal losses I've ever been a part of. If you've ever been to Penn State or watched the game on TV, you know that they do like the lion roar after every touchdown, and it seemed like that thing was going off all day long. It's embedded in my brain forever because of how much scoring, especially in that first quarter, how many points they put up there. Very similar to the 1995 game I was part of, where we lost to Ohio State 56 to 35, something like that. And that was also a 56 to nothing or 56 to seven halftime score. 
And both those teams were unbelievably good with so much NFL talent. It was unbelievable. I've got a Daily Iowan article you can watch, and there are highlights of the game, plus there's a longer highlights, kind of like a no-huddle version of the game you can watch. And then I've got full game stats posted. Next matchup, October 21st, 1995, at Kinnick Stadium. Iowa's ranked number 18, and Penn State's ranked number 19. And Penn State pulls away with a 41-27 win. Hayden Fry is the coach. 70,397 are in attendance, and it's a 2.30 kickoff. This was televised, I think, on ABC. Iowa's seven-game winning streak and nine-game unbeaten streak came to an end with a 41-27 loss to 18th-ranked Penn State. With 5.34 left in the opening quarter, the Nittany Lions got on the scoreboard first with a one-yard touchdown run. Iowa would match the score and stay within striking distance, trailing 17-14 at the half. The Hawkeyes came back to take a 27-24 fourth-quarter lead on a 19-yard touchdown run by Cedric Shaw. But Penn State quarterback Wally Richardson hooked up with All-American receiver Bobby Ingram for two touchdowns in the last six minutes of the game to win it. Iowa quarterback Matt Sherman completed 21 of 28 passes for 374 yards and two touchdowns. Iowa's defense was led by Damian Robinson and Bobby Diaco, who totaled 14 and 22 tackles respectively. There's a Hawkeye Sports game recap article. There's uh, another article from the bowl game preview guide. 1995 and the Daily Iowan game recap. And you can watch two different highlight videos plus the full game version online as well. I've got a quote from Coach Fry. We had a very interesting and entertaining game there until the last part of the fourth quarter. We gave up a couple of long passes, but we had the guys there in position. And I've got the full game stats posted as well. And that sets up October 19th, 1996 at Beaver Stadium. Unranked Iowa goes to face number 10 Penn State and comes out with a win 21 to 20. Hayden Fry is the coach. There's 96,238 in attendance. It's 48 degrees, raining, and 11:30 kickoff. Rain fell virtually all day for Iowa's game at Penn State. Things initially looked bleak for Iowa as the 10th-ranked Nittany Lions took the opening kickoff and drove the length of the field for a 7-0 lead. That's when Iowa junior Tim Dwight turned his motor up a notch and turned on the afterburners for an 83-yard punt return to not the score at 7. Trailing 20-14 to 14 at halftime, Iowa's defense got stronger, limiting the Nittany Lions to just 73 yards over the final two quarters. With Cedric Shaw nursing injuries, junior Tavian Banks rushed for 116 yards and 26 attempts and the winning touchdown, an 8-yard run on first and goal. It followed after a 25-yard pass from running back Rob Tyne to Demo Odoms. Defensive back Kerry Cooks set up Iowa's final score when his sack of quarterback Wally Richardson forced a fumble, which Iowa recovered. The win was Iowa's first over a top 10 ranked team since the 54-28 win over number 5 Illinois in 1990. Damian Robinson led the Hawkeyes with 10 tackles while Matthews added 9. And there's a Hawkeye Sports recap article, a Daily Iowan recap article, and the 1996 bowl game preview as a review of that game. And you can watch two different highlight versions plus the full game version online. And that's posted. A quote from the game. I told everybody in the huddle, if we didn't score this drive, I was going to kill everyone when we got back to Iowa City. It's fun. You've got to get the guys pumped up. And that's from Tim Dwight when Iowa was trailing 10-7 to in the second quarter. And Hayden Fry had this quote. I felt it coming all week. The most important thing was the players felt it too. 
they were confident we could pull it off. This is what makes coaching worthwhile. And I was part of this game as well, so that kind of made up for the previous trip in 1994. And I've got the full game stats posted as well. So that's all I'm going to cover right now is up through the Hayden Fry era. I'll cover Coach Ferentz and those games in a, at a later time. Hope that was enjoyable to hear. To find these games, click on the link in the podcast, or you can go to HawkeyeRecap.com and select the sport on the drop-down menu of football and select opponent as Penn State. And that should pull up all those games, including the ones with Ferentz. This week's player profile is Max Hawkins. He's actually the great-grandfather of walk-on running back Max White, who scored his first touchdown yesterday against Western Michigan. That's how I stumbled upon his profile. The Hawkins name may sound familiar to you. That's Hawkins Drive that runs along Kinnick Stadium in between the stadium and the UI Hospital. And that was named after him. And his family was named the 2023 recipients of the U of I Family Spirit Award. So he has a a football background, and he also has a lot of work he did post-football with the University of Iowa. He attended Philadelphia High School in Philadelphia, Mississippi. He entered the Navy, where he served on the USS New York and destroyer called the Jacob Jones. He also starred on the Navy All-Fleet football team and was recruited to play football at Iowa after that. So he started college about four years later, and he was a guard on the O-line and also played defense. He was part of the Ironman team, and he was a blocker for Niall Kinnick and was part of the team that finished 6-1-1 one, and, one, and contended for a national championship, one of Iowa's great teams. After serving in the U.S. Navy during World War II after college, he was elected to the local city council while becoming the university's first secretary in 1948. He traveled the state to recruit student athletes and start iClub chapters. He helped form the Old Gold Development Fund, which is now known as the UI Center for Advancement and then served for more than three decades as a lobbyist for the University and the Board of Regents, State of Iowa. He was born in 1914, May 8th, and died December 12, 1986, at the age of 72. So he was on the team in 1937 and 1938, and then he lettered in 1939 and 1940. And I've got an article here that talks about the Spirit Award. I think they'll be recognized this fall at one of the games at halftime or during the game. There's also a link to a Distinguished Alumni Award that he won in 1987. So I thought that was a pretty cool connection back to a current Hawkeye player. If you have topics or games or opponents or players you'd like to learn about, please contact me. You can reach me through the website, HawkeyeRecap.com. You can also find me on Twitter and on Facebook. If you know other Hawkeye fans that might like hearing this podcast, if you could please let them know about it, I really appreciate it. Thanks and go Hawks. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services To people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa, a list of their services and upcoming events can be found at SUI.org. That is SUI.org.